Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate you joining me, giving me a little bit of your time, as always. I will try and use it wisely, hopefully gives you a little bit of something for your toolbox and hopefully helps our country even if just a little bit so cool last couple days not a lot else on the homestead I don't think Got a little bit of firewood brought in. Need to go out and get some more. Thankfully, we've got a couple of trees that were felled within the last year or so. So, that's good. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the time to record this podcast and the people that listen to it, share it, be with them and their families, bless them, guide them, protect them, surround them with your angels, Lord. Thank you for the time that you're giving us to try and turn our country back around, the time you're giving us to try and get our priorities in the right order. Get our houses in order. Help us to use it wisely, Lord. Show us what to do. The steps we need to take. Help us to lean on on you. To trust in you and not on our own understanding. Watch over those who lead us, Father. Watch over those who protect us. Military, law enforcement, firefighters. Be with our educators. Be with our families, Lord. Heal our families. Heal our marriages. And guide my words. In your son's name we pray. Amen. So I've wanted to do this the last couple podcasts and it just hasn't, it didn't work out the way I thought it was going to, which is fine. Things usually don't or often don't. Uh, But I'm going to read just a little bit from Isaiah. Just a few few different quotes out of chapter 1, starting with part of verse 15. Yes, even though you multiply prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are covered with blood. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from my sight. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Reprove the ruthless. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, 
they will be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. If you consent and obey, you will eat the best of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. Truly the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Verse 23. Your rulers are rebels and companions of thieves. Everyone loves a bribe and chases after rewards. They do not defend the orphan, nor does the widow's plea come before them. 26. Then I will restore your judges as at the first, and your counselors as at the beginning. After that you will be called the city of the righteousness, a faithful city. Zion will be redeemed with justice and her repentant ones with righteousness. But transgressors and sinners will be crushed together, and those who forsake the Lord will come to an end. There's a lot of other great ones, folks, that I'm just kind of skipping around. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 6, For you have abandoned your people, the house of Jacob, because they are filled with the influences from the east. And they are soothsayers like the Philistines, and they strike bargains with the children of foreigners. Verse 8, Their land has also been filled with idols. They worship the work of their hands, that which their fingers have made. Verse 11, The proud look of man will be abased, and the loftiness of man will be humbled, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. For the Lord of hosts will have a day of reckoning against everyone who is proud and lofty and against everyone who is lifted up that he may be abased. Out of chapter 3, verse 8. For Jerusalem has stumbled and Judah has fallen because their speech and their actions are against the Lord to rebel against his glorious presence. The expression of their faces bears witness against them, and they display their sin like Sodom. They do not even conceal it. Woe to them, for they have brought evil on themselves. Say to the righteous that it will go well with them, for they will eat the fruit of their actions. Woe to the wicked, it will go badly with him, for what he deserves will be done to him. O oh, my people, their oppressors are children, and women rule over them. O oh, my people, those who guide you, lead you astray, and confuse the direction of your paths. <clears throat> Again, there's a... Well, let me... Let me read a couple more. This is Isaiah chapter 5, verse 12. Their banquets are accompanied by lyre and harp, by tambourine and flute, and by wine. 
But they do not pay attention to the deeds of the Lord, nor do they consider the work of his hands. Therefore my people go into exile for their lack of knowledge, and their honorable men are famished, and their multitude is parched with thirst. Skip down to verse 18. Woe to those who drag iniquity with the cords of falsehood, and sin as if with cart ropes, who say, Let him make speed, let him hasten his work, that we may see it, and let the purpose of the Holy One of Israel draw near, and come to pass, that we may know it. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Verse 23, well, I'll continue with 21. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes in drinking wine and valiant men in mixing strong wine, who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away the rights of the ones who are in the right. Therefore, as the tongue of fire consumes stubble and dry grass collapses into flame, so their root will become like rot, and their blossom blow away as dust. For they have rejected the law of the Lord of hosts, and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. So you can go through back in this and read it. I know I was jumping around a lot, folks, but it just struck me reading those chapters over the last few days. Uh, and I'm, I'm not even going to begin to try and explain Isaiah to you. That's way over my pay grade. But just a simple man, just a common man reading this, doesn't it strike you as relevant today? We've rejected God. We've gone our own way. We call what's evil good and what's good evil. We have women that rule over us, both in the church and in the nation. We display our sin as a society at every possible turn, just like Sodom and Gomorrah. And there's, there's going to be a day of reckoning for that, folks. And, and we've got blood all over our hands. You want to talk about abortion. The number of babies that have been just ripped apart and slaughtered in our country. And you just, you can't help but read this, I feel like, and not see the train wreck that we're headed toward as a nation. So, at any rate, we're going to go into uh, FDR's 1939 radio Christmas message, actually. This is December 24th, 1939. Radio Christmas greeting to the nation. The old year draws to a close. It began with dread of evil things to come, and it ends with the horror of another war, adding its toll of anguish to a world already bowed under the burden of suffering laid upon it by man's inhumanity to man. But thank God for the interlude of Christmas. This night is a night of joy and hope and happiness and promises of better things to come. 
and so in the happiness of this eve of the most blessed day in the year i give to all of my countrymen the old old greeting merry christmas happy christmas a christmas rite for me is always to reread that immortal little story by charles dickens a christmas carol reading between the lines and thinking as i always do of bob cratchit's humble home as a counterpart of millions of our own american homes the story takes on a stirring significance to me old scrooge found that christmas wasn't a humbug he took to himself the spirit of neighborliness but today neighborliness no longer can be confined to one's little neighborhood life has become too complex for that and our country neighborliness has gradually spread its boundaries from town to county to state and now at last to the whole nation for instance, who a generation ago would have thought that a week from tomorrow, January 1st, 1940, tens of thousands of elderly men and women in every state, in every county, in every city of the nation would begin to receive checks every month for old age retirement insurance. And not only that, but that there would also be insurance benefits for the wife, the widow, the orphan, children, and even dependent parents. Who would have thought a generation ago that people who lost their jobs for an appreciable period would receive unemployment insurance, that the needy, the blind, and the crippled children would receive some measure of protection, which will reach down to millions of Bob Cratchits the Marthas, and the tiny Thames of our own four-room homes. <laughs> Folks, I can't. i got to stop here. Uh, there's, You're never going to agree with everything that everybody says. Uh, and in many ways, politically, uh, I think FDR went off the path quite a bit in the thirties. And then kind of ironically, when, when the rubber met the road during World War II, became much more conservative in his approach to the war. And it would have been interesting had he lived to see what his attitude would have been after the war to the social welfare programs that he started during the depression. There's a number of people out there that are a lot brighter than me that think he would have changed pretty drastically. But the reason I wanted to stop here is, so he's talking about neighborliness, right? And you get the reference to love your neighbors yourself. And on the one hand, his comment's extremely true. And you see it laid out in Patrick Henry's speech during leading into the Revolutionary War. And you you see the disaster that <clears throat> isolationism brought about during World War II for the United States, the idea that Europe's problems were Europe's problems and not our own. And really, probably, we almost waited too late and, and wouldn't have entered if Japan hadn't bombed us, and then it would have been too late, probably. 
uh, and, and perhaps most of Europe would be speaking German today. But that, that truth that, that you can't just ignore what's going on in another part of the world and think it's not going to come to you or in, today in another part of the country, right? The atrocities that we see in some of our more liberal states, the support for mutilation of children, the overwhelming support for the murder of babies, the sexual immorality, the rejection of God. You can't be foolish enough to think that that's not going to spread to whatever little town you're in that you think you're in your little bubble. Your little bubble is no protection, folks. And you can kind of see it in, in the interstate movement of citizens, right? Or intra, I always got those confused, interstate versus intrastate. But when you have people moving from a more liberal area to a more conservative, often they still bring their liberal values with them, which is so ironic in a whole series of podcasts in and of itself, right? You certainly see that with the illegal immigrants, the criminals breaking into the country, and many of those that are still first generation. But that... The, the wrongness of attitude of isolationism, right, on the one hand, and then, and then this idea of, of caring for the Bob Cratchits in our nation, the Tiny Tims, the poor and the needy, the widow and the orphan. The problem is Dickens' Christmas Carol does a great job of showing how that's supposed to be done. FDR... And a lot of those that gave him advice took it and twisted it into something that we today have seen it was never meant to be. They morphed it into something that it can't be because it takes the personal relationship out of it. Scrooge was an individual. He wasn't a government entity. And I know that this is a kid's story, folks, but just stick with the analogy for a minute. Nobody knows as well as the members of a community who in that community actually needs help. That's why churches are so vitally important. And I think probably we'll finish up with this today, folks. We'll come back and read the rest of this on the next podcast. The church, individuals, we dropped the ball. We didn't care for the widow and the orphan, the poor and the needy. And so if you really want to blame somebody, <laughs> you've got to blame us. But the government stepping in is an unmitigated disaster. You can see that today. Look at what welfare has turned into. Look at the number of citizens that pay no money into the federal treasury and yet still get to vote on how to spend the money of others that do put into the federal treasury. Look at the just evil disaster that has happened to our marriages and our families in a large part because of this at best misguided attitude of compassion. Individuals are responsible for caring for other individuals. The federal government cannot and is not.
you can't help but think that our founders would be a little bit appalled. But, but it doesn't even really matter. You just look at it, folks. We have a personal responsibility to care for the widow and the orphan, the poor and the needy. That doesn't mean voting to take someone else's money to do it. That's not neighborliness. You're not caring for your neighbor, loving your neighbors yourself when you take someone else's money by force, by vote, to quote-unquote give to the poor and needy, the widow and the orphan. You're not giving because it's not yours to give. You're just stealing. And there's nothing neighborly about that or godly. We'll come back to this. God bless y'all, your families your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.